Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. A very warm welcome to you to Calvary Church today, part of the Parish of Calvary St. George's. Uh, We are so glad that you are here. I want to begin by telling you a little story. It's not theologically true at all. We do not believe this, but uh, it's just how every one of these stories kind of starts. So there's these three guys, and they wind up at the pearly gates, and there they are. They're meeting St. Peter. And um, I think this is the only church in New York City that's beginning with one of these stories. But anyway, um, St. Peter says, I will definitely let you into heaven if you can tell me what Easter is all about. So the first guy looks at St. Peter and says, I think Easter is all about kind of when we get together for a big meal, we roast a turkey. It's like in November, and then we all say what we're thankful for. And Peter shakes his head and says, no, that's American Thanksgiving. And then um, the next guy, he's like, well, what's Easter all about, St. Peter says. And he goes, well, I think, isn't that the time when, like, the baby Jesus was born? And then uh, uh, the wise men gave presents, and then that's why we give presents, too. And... uh, St. Peter shook his head and said, no, that's Christmas, sorry. And, uh, and then the third guy goes, this is easy. And uh, St. Peter goes, well, what's Easter all about then? And he goes, well, Easter's all about um, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, who uh, um, uh, was handed over to sinful men and then was crucified and was laid in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. And if he sees his shadow, he goes back into his tomb, and it's three more weeks of winter. So, but... Uh, but that is true. I mean, a lot of people, you know, it's not, that's not what it's, it's not true. Sorry about that. But, uh, um, but the fact is, is that we as Christians around the world uh, celebrate Jesus's resurrection from the dead today. And uh, if it's news to you, praise the Lord, you're in the good place because we just give away the goods here. And, uh, you know, and it is uh, you are forgiven and you are free. And this is what it's all about. And I'm about to tell you about why it works this way for you. But most of us are not surprised. You know, you're not surprised when I yell, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Most of us are not surprised by the celebration of the rising of Jesus from the dead. You may be surprised to, be, to know that we actually believe it here. But, uh, but it is, uh, it's, it's not a surprise that this is what Easter is all about. Now, a couple of years ago, my colleague Matt Veligden and I, we were down in Union Square, and we were talking to some folks, and one guy, he said he used to be a Christian, but now he was an atheist. And I asked him, really, well, why is that? To which he responded, well... Modern science has demonstrated that people don't rise from the dead. Listen, we don't need modern science to tell us that death is irreversible. The ancient world knew that people did not rise from the dead. Nobody was expecting Jesus to rise from the dead, even though Jesus told them he was going to rise from the dead throughout the Gospels. They did not believe it. The women in our Gospels actually show up and they arrive at the tomb not singing, Hail the Festival Day. They showed up with spices to anoint Jesus' cold, three-day dead corpse. This is what they came to do. We don't need modern science to tell us that the dead do not rise. On this morning, though, the women, 
on this morning, the disciples. On this morning, though, the whole world got the biggest surprise ever. As the angel said to them, Why do you look, in the Greek it says, Why do you look for the living one? A reference to Yahweh. Why do you look for the living one amongst the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. This is my first point. The women had to be reminded by the angels. The disciples, our reading tells us, they thought it was an idle tale when they first heard it. The Greek lexicon, the modern Koine Greek lexicon, actually says you can translate now, idle tale to humbug. But that's a different holiday. Um, <laughs> the, the, the point is, is that they didn't believe it. And Luke's account of the resurrection of Jesus is a bare-boned testimony which articulates that none of his disciples, no one was expecting Jesus to rise from the grave. And the truth is, is that despite the overwhelming evidence that Jesus rose from the dead, we also have a hard time believing it. We have a hard time believing this amazing truth, this good news. And who can blame us? Who can blame us? Because, you know, we've created this world where everyone around us, and we see everyone around us is just having this amazing, amazing time. You know, you look at your social media feeds, and everyone's having amazing meals and taking pictures of it. You know, you go to your social media feed. Everybody has these amazing kids and are going on these amazing vacations. Last night, I took a look at someone else's social media feed, and everyone, all of my colleagues were having epic church services. You know, it was amazing, (laughs) amazing and amazing. And what this amazing facade does to us is that it's actually pushed the reality of death away from us. The surprise may be to you that you're going to die. Happy Easter. No, I'm just kidding, but (laughs) the surprise may be to you that you're going to die. But everything gets lost in this sea of facade, doesn't it? I know for me, that was one of the major reasons why I got off of most of social media. I mean, part of it was I was tired of the political rancor. That's my noble answer when people ask me. Um, but, but the truth is, is that it was depressing me. As I was, It was subconscious at first, but then it began to make its way, and it crept into my conscience. And I was always trying to keep up with the facade and with everyone else. And I would get, like, depressed when I didn't get, like, 80 likes on something or something like that. And I, you know, and what was happening was... I was seeking the living amongst the dead. The world makes promises, and the world feeds us with this stuff, and ultimately it always leaves us kind of empty. You know, when we're here in this city and we're pursuing things and we're going after things, and it's like like Pink Floyd saying, you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing behind to come up behind you again. Pink Floyd, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. And, uh, you know, and it's just constantly moving around and it leaves us empty. A perfect example of this just recently happened literally two years ago at an event called the Fire Festival. 
For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go home and watch it on Netflix or Hulu after Game of Thrones. You'll have an amazing wrap-up to your Easter weekend. But, uh, but, but the Fire Festival was supposed to be the music festival of all time. It was to be more exclusive. It was supposed to be more exotic, more popular than Coachella. It was promoted by the top models of the world. It had the best social media promoters. It was supposed to have world-class cuisine, exclusive lodging. Ja Rule was involved, which should have tipped everybody off. But but, uh, this was going on. And the whole world literally got on board. The whole world got on board. People spent tens of thousands of dollars for a ticket to go to this event. And they arrived to this island in the Caribbean and none of the bands showed up because their contracts hadn't been fulfilled. Their exclusive lodging were hurricane tents. The gourmet food, the best one, was the open-faced cheese sandwich. Workers were not paid. Music fans were stranded. As one commentator on the Netflix documentary stated, It was the first major musical festival of the 21st century, and like most of the 21st century, it was a social media facade. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Well, because the facade is so shiny. The facade is so loud. It seems like it's all I can see. It seems like it's all I can hear. And this facade is constantly promising me something better. It never fulfills it, but it's always promising me something better. However, the dead don't rise. And that is all a facade is. A fire festival. A dead promise. Yet this is my second point. And hear me on this. Today on Easter, we celebrate the fact that God in Christ has given us no dead promise. But truly a living promise in flesh. Listen to the two angels as they spoke to the women once again. Remember, they say. This isn't the first time they heard it. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the beginning of his ministry, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And indeed, Jesus has literally risen again for you and for me and for the whole world. This last Monday, all of us were probably shocked by the fire that destroyed Notre Dame in Paris. And article after article after article painted, uh, pointed out that along with the destruction of things like, you know, the great sites in Syria and Turkey by things like ISIS or the Buddhas of Afghanistan by the Taliban, for the West, the West, the loss of Notre Dame represents a real loss of stability in the Western culture. It represents 
Most importantly, because they got 14 million visitors a year, many of us have been there, it represents the loss of a familial connection to the past, which is now truly gone, no matter how big they rebuild it. As one woman interviewed poignantly said, she said, I feel as if I have witnessed a death. We've all witnessed a death. We've all witnessed the empty promises that the world offers. Maybe for you, it was a job that you could, thought you could fix. Maybe for you, it's a job that you think is going to bring you fulfillment now, and it is literally killing you. Maybe for you, it's a relationship that you thought was going to be everything, and it died. Maybe for you, it's the relationship with your children or with your parents. Every single one of us in this room has witnessed a death in some way or some fashion. But we're going to give away the goods today. The hope of the gospel. That in the midst of death, the living promise of Jesus' resurrection from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit should stir up in each and every one of us hope Hope not that Jesus will make it better. Hope not that Jesus will clean up our Instagram feeds. Hope not that Jesus will, you know, give us awesome answers to difficult solutions. Hope not that Jesus will just, you know, kind of put a band-aid on it and fix it. Hope for Christians is so much more than that. Because Christ is truly risen. Christ is risen from the dead gives hope that in the midst of death, you and I have new life right now. And that you and I, you and I have broken through the facade and are now truly living. As St. Paul so poignantly and brilliantly writes, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ will all be made alive. Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He is the first to rise with the promise of more to come. A whole humanity, which includes you and me. We all will surely die. We all will surely die, and the grass will grow right over it. But the word from above, the word from your God who is our Father, is that because Jesus has broken the mold, death has lost its sting, Christ has conquered, he is risen, and you will too. And this is my third point. And let it be a marvelous surprise once again. Let it touch your hearts, because it is a glorious promise. The resurrection of Jesus heralds from heaven to the whole world today that the reign of death in the grave is over. And the new reign, the reign of Jesus, the reign of true and eternal life has begun. And it heralds from heaven that hope is not based on what you've done, what you do, or what you're going to do, but rather... It is based on a hope 
which says, from God's eyes, I have broken through your facade. I know exactly who you are right now, and you are worth dying for. You are worth rising for. And yes, indeed, you are ultimately, when he returns in glory, worth returning for, to claim you as his own forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.